0: Welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybeal, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Now, here's John. Welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast. It has been 50 shows, three seasons of the Autobahn Country Club Podcast, and I'd like to welcome you to this, our uh, 50th show. And we have a very special guest, the new Autobahn Country club instructor, Ben Hasbrook. Ben's been around the club for a very, very long time. And this year he took over the position that uh, the legendary Tom Bagley had as he retired. Uh, Tom retired from instructing at the club, but he's still around. I've seen him in quite a few of the Miana races running around there. And This episode, we spent uh, some time at the clubhouse uh, last Friday night, where we had a few cocktails and some appetizers, which was the first for the podcast here, as we uh, enjoyed some drinks while we interviewed a guest. Ben was delightful to have on, he was a lot of fun, and as I mentioned, he's been around the club since he was a young man, and now he's a full-time instructor there. As our 50th show winds down here, we only have one more show for the season. As the club, the main portion of the club, the track, closes down at the end of October. And it, of course, reopen the 1st of April. But during those winter months, sometimes there's quite a bit of activity going on. And so next show will be hosted by producer Mark McFarlane and I as we recap 2020, the season, everything that took place. And also, we highlight uh, some of the activities that are going to take place over the winter months. So please join us for both. And now, let's welcome Ben Hasbrook on the Audubon Country Club podcast.
1: Wow, this is the first eating and drinking Audubon Country Club podcast we've done. Oh, perfect. It is perfect. Say your name for me.
2: Well, now I have food in my mouth. But <laughs> ben Hasbrook here.
1: Ben, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. It is Friday night, and we have a giant, or ginormous, I believe is the actual term, Bavarian pretzel, which looks fantastic, and we have cheese curds. What are you drinking?
2: Oh, well, we're drinking some Tito's right now. You think you you have a Moscow Mule coming, right? I do so have a Moscow. we're sticking to vodka
1: tonight. Yeah, my Moscow Mule's coming, so I think it'll go great with the cheese curds, which I haven't had one yet. I don't know if I've had the cheese curds.
2: I do have to say I feel slightly overdressed in my three-piece tuxedo right now, but I thought you would come top is. game as kind of a late-night food thing that you would come dressed a little <laughs> bit better. Disappointed. It is. Sorry, we don't have
1: men. Oh, that's okay. All right, thank you. We'll survive, thank you. Thank you. So, uh, here, cheers. Cheers. Uh, my Moscow Mules here, and yes, it is an audio podcast, so you actually didn't need to yeah. put the tuxedo on. A lot of people don't have tuxedos nowadays.
2: Mm-hmm. you got to go all out for these kind of things here, though.
1: It mentally prepares you. And yeah. I did read a story one time that, or some self-help book, that said, even if you work at home, take a shower get up put clothes on and then go to work you'll have you'll be more productive
2: see I heard the opposite stay
1: in your pajamas no,
2: you put you put uh, clothes on at home and then come into work in your pajamas and <laughs> as casual as possible <laughs> mm.
1: Brussels good so what do
2: you want to know how' does this go here
1: well generally it starts with where'd you grow up
2: I grew up in Wicker Park in Chicago, Um, the long, long time ago of 1993, so I'm actually 27 years old, despite the fact that half the people here think I'm like 40 and get crap for that every now and then. (laughs) But um, Yeah, I grew up in Wicker Park, lived down there in my early 20s, and had a lot of fun down in the city for years, and now I'm actually living pretty close by here. Fairly close. Yeah,
1: really close. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you grew up in Wicker Park. Where, you, where, where are your parents from? Are they from around there? Um,
2: yeah. So, my my mom is from uh, Detroit area originally, and my dad is from the suburbs of Chicago. He's in Palos Park area, and so he's a architect. He was a member here when the place first opened. Oh. And he does architecture. My mom does real estate. And so ended up in Wicker Park. They started doing commercial and residential development projects in Wicker Park in the late 70s, so kind of before the big boom of when it was a happening area, and did a ton of projects through, through Wicker Park and Bucktown, kind of really helped form what it is today realistically. I always give them crap that they ruined the neighborhood, because <laughs> they moved out of the neighborhood before I did, and kind of became like a strip mall, but still was a lot of fun. There was a lot of fun bars there, and... Met a lot of cool people and kind of became a foodie and a going-out person because of that whole area and living around there. And so that's kind of one of my big hobbies is food and going out and testing different food places.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to have another Mm. one. Look, that's a heart-shaped. They're pretty addicting. Heart-shaped cheese curd. Um, So have you always been into cars? When did your love of cars start?
2: So got into cars obviously probably like I don't know idea how little I would have been but just playing with matchbox cars and all of that and then started racing go-karts from as soon as they would kind of let me get into one Um, and probably like six or seven was my first probably actual go-kart experience and kind of did whatever races I could at the time and and then once I got out here, that's when it really took off. Though, where, where, of did you go, where were
1: you go Um,
2: A few places, like smaller tracks in Wisconsin and stuff. When I was really little, a few places that were much, much smaller places. Mm-hmm. Um, there was Norway out here. Um, but, yeah, I started traveling kind of a little bit later uh, once I got a little bit older and doing some of the circuits and running some different places there.
1: So... Uh so after is that where you graduated high school there and? So
2: I actually went to high school up at Loyola Academy in Wilmette, um, so went up there, commuted is- every day on the train, which was pretty brutal as a kid to have to wake up at five fifty in the morning and hop on a train. Um, but I was always known as like kind of the car, big car person up there too, which was kind of funny. So I was- so is that is that a,
1: a private school? I guess. Yeah, it was a Catholic school. Private Catholic yeah. school. And. Um- is that the one in the Blues Brothers?
2: No, no, it's not. No, this was all the way up <laughs> up north. Yeah.
1: Uh, so, what's your first memory of coming out here?
2: Um, and this is maybe this, this is a bad theme, but I, I've definitely got yelled at my fair share of things. But my first memory was probably April of two thousand and five. There was a a Lotus. Manufacturer event that was done through the Newtzios who are actually members here. It used to be called Fox Valley motor cars back then But they brought all these people and cars out to the track and kind of it's what we still do to this day In terms of manufacturers events, so it's cool to see that those kind of things are still happening But they had brought out like the guy who designed the suspension for the car of the Lotus Elise and all these different things wow. And back then it was the same kind of rules where you had to be 18 to technically go for a ride and I don't know if we didn't get the message or what, but <laughs> somehow I ended up in a car with the guy, and we were flying. We were probably doing like 120 on North Track in like a lot of stock Lotus Elise, and very quickly got black flagged. So, but I do have a picture from that day, and it's kind of cool. I'm standing in the pit lane with a bunch of Lotuses, and then in the background, Team Stradale, and all those buildings. Team is being framed out in the photo, and none of the buildings are back there. And- so it's just kind of a cool old, old throwback to it there.
1: Oh, yeah, that is cool. So, so that was 2005, so you were like 12, 13 years I old? I would have
2: been 11. 11? Or, or, yeah, it was – or no, I would have been 12, yeah.
1: Wow. And so then it just started – was your dad coming out here a lot? Was yeah,
2: he... so he was really into it for a long time. Um, did a lot of just track stuff. Never really raced, but just total track guy, just coming out as much as possible and back then in the summers I would come down even during the week um, and it's a well-known thing like I used to have like my babysitters would drop me off here no way and, and we'd, uh, <laughs> they'd leave, leave me down at the cart track because parents had to work during the week and I'd just come down and get as much track time as possible and kind of a cool thing about it was this was just an awesome place to eventually grow up at you know and definitely got hooked right from the start wow and, that's cool met just tons of awesome people one funny story was i met to this day one of my best friends and out here because my babysitters left me at the cart track and i got in an argument with them and said i'll find my own way home all the way back to the city and so i kind of <laughs> my baby my babysitter left me they they weren't the best they were kind of depaul students and things like that some young young kid babysitters and so she left and i walked from the cart track all the way back down here and walked into the bar and said, is anybody, and I was, think I must have been 13 at that time, and said, is anybody going back to the city? And one person was like, yeah, I'm going back to the city. What, what do you need? I'm like, can I get a ride? And so it's always been a joke with us of how irresponsible my babysitters were at the time. But since then, we've become very good friends and hang
1: out a bunch. Oh, man. Do you have brothers and sisters? Or?
2: Nope, only child. So
1: And so what... So when you're coming out here, they weren't they weren't kart ra- were they cart racing back then or any any type of cart racing going on? So
2: the cart racing it kind of was weird throughout the years. We had the smaller track, and right when the first year or two, there weren't really races. It was kind of just everybody was kind of just figuring it out, and you had a few people that had done pre- previous stuff and been around carts and obviously done the research on them. Then you had people that really just were like, oh, I'm joining this club. Oh, they have a cart track, I'll get a cart, kind of a thing. So the first year or two, there wasn't a ton of racing. But then it it really picked up because for a long time, we actually had a really good group of people down there running a lot. And so we were all running kind of two-stroke single speeds, and there was something called a DD2, which was a two-stroke two-speed with paddles. Um, And Mm -hmm. then people had shifter carts too. So for a solid four or five years probably started in 06 or 07 we had a really good group of guys and there were races kind of happening down there and, um, and some really good kind of competition and just a lot of fun even on the smaller track so so yes there, there were races down there back in the day and and the, it's weird because now it's kind of making this kind of reemergence in the club and it's like oh it's cool to see because for a little while it did get a little quiet down there when Kind of some of those guys grew out of it or started right. getting more into cars and things like that. But for a while, you could go down there on a weekend and you'd have 10, 15 guys every weekend driving two-stroke carts, oh, not wow. even the ignites. So, so it was really cool for a little bit down there. And I was always one of the pretty much the youngest one down there that was running the adult carts and stuff. Obviously, Brett ran, but he was kind of like started in the junior carts and things like that. So I was kind of When the club opened, I was kind of in that in-between age of just kind of jumped right into some of the bigger carts and got to hang out with the big boys, which was pretty cool too.
1: (laughs) When's the first time you got an actual
2: car on the track? Here, I was 16. I did Formula Skip Barber stuff before that, but Autobahn was pretty strict about what they're in the early days. You had to be 16, you had to ride with an instructor or... um, or your parent had to be in the car. You could not get signed off as Tony or I. We did with uh, Mitch, for example. We kind of build them up, make sure that they're going to be safe, then get them yeah, signed off to Mitchell, go outside. Yeah.
1: yeah. So when did the skip barber stuff wasn't here? No. Down at the barber. Yeah. So I
2: did it at uh, uh, Road Atlanta, and okay so I did it there, and a couple other places, and so I did a couple things with them, and. Just always for fun. Nothing so, what, so at
1: 16, you get on. What was the first? What was the first car you drove?
2: So I drove my dad had a Lotus Elise that was completely built up and made probably one of the most horsepower Lotus Elises out there. He had a crazy supercharger engines with an engine swap and all sorts of other stuff done to it. And actually, a funny story about that is is so I had done some of the Formula Skip Barber stuff in the past, and when I got in. Uh, the car, it was the beginning of April and I went out with Tom Bagley and the car had just been gone through and so we go out on our kind of warm up lap and so we get back to South Straight and so I'm starting to push a little bit harder, a little bit harder we get to the end of South Straight and I hit the brake and the brake just goes down and it was a full track day too on top of this I get to the end of the South Straight and I hit the brake and the brake just goes to the floor, nothing happens and so I'm never experienced anything like this before like and i'm thinking well, this is now probably one of the quickest i've gone um because in carts and stuff on this track uh-huh. you're going quite a bit slower and uh so i ended up just thinking well there's end of the tracks coming up so i money shifted it and so, <laughs> so car goes into limp mode and bagley had no clue that anything was even wrong so we come out of turn uh turn 12, and he's like, all right, go, go, go. I'm like, something's not right. <laughs> and, like, I'm amazed that he, like, heard the car probably sounded probably sounded horrible when I did it. But um, he's, like, he's like, oh, okay, we'll come in. And so I'm, at this point, I'm, like, taking it really easy because the brake pedal's still not doing anything. So I kind of, like, limped it back in, and it's not happy and flashing at, lights are flashing at me and came back in and I'm like, yeah, something's wrong with it. It turns out one of the bleeder valves for the brakes wasn't all the way shut when Uh, they went through it, so it had pushed out all the brake fluid. fluid. So it wasn't my fault. I didn't do anything wrong, but I definitely felt bad about that when it happened. I'm like, great, my first lap out here uh, is doing the engine on a car, but (laughs) luckily there was a whole bunch of brake fluid as evidence all over the calipers and rotor and inside of the wheel of one of the one of the wheels. So uh, wasn't my fault. But yeah, that's my first memory of being on track at Audubon Country Club. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well um uh so you're unfortunately you're telling, me, I noticed that my drink, my uh, Moscow mule was almost gone.
2: Well I'm on my second one. Oh I can definitely I was, catch up. I was
1: very concerned that that I was drinking too much. So we don't have far to go tonight, so it'll it'll be fine. And that's the way to do it, and, I mean,
2: it's perfect to go over this while we're talking about drinks and not going very far. But one of the cool things I've lately I've been telling people out here is, you know, really getting involved with the social side of things, like kind of hanging out and communicating with people, and when you have a place or you do stay here, it is a lot of fun to hang out and meet people that have some drinks. One member was telling me they used to have a little individual garage, and they ended up getting a building They're like, you know, Never knew that, like, all this fun stuff happened out here, and everybody just kind of hangs out late here and socializes as much as they do until we actually had a place to stay. But even if you don't, you know, there's still always fun stuff happening. (laughs) We're trying to get more and more fun events going. We have our tequila and shooting.
1: Well, that's right. Unfortunately, that's that's tomorrow, so this will come out a few days after. after We're going to
2: do another one this year. So,
1: yeah, you have... um, plays and cocktails you've been hosting so uh, we're now I don't want to the Tito's is affecting me I I I, I keep these interviews straight and narrow so you're 16 we're going all over no no uh, (laughs) that's Kyle's problem so we're 16 years old you're 16 years old not me I was (laughs) jumping back to that so yeah so I got to keep this on on track here so 16 years old you take the lease out. It was pretty much all track driving at that
2: time. So I was able to go out um, if Tony or Tom would go out with me. Or In the lease? Yeah, or my yeah. dad came out. Um, and, of course, when I turned 18, the, day, the year that I turned 18, they changed the rules so that that didn't apply anymore. And you had to be 18 to race back then. Oh. So the rules were a little bit different, whereas, like, to get out and do those things, I couldn't, like, go out and do a spec Miata race or things like that underage, so, so, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was, was what it, those were the rules, so, uh-oh, hey, trouble.
0: No, to the uh, uh, office, no. uh, to the office. yeah, you can have one, thank you,
1: see, never off the clock, never off never the clock, never have to stride, so he's got to, <laughs> he's got to be working here for,
2: that was Bobo, everybody. Great, great auto detailing service at the Autobahn Country. Club. Yeah,
1: Boba, Boba <laughs> needed a key to keep in the office. Um, yeah, we're sitting in the. We're we're in the clubhouse.
2: Maybe you should slow the, down on that drink. You don't even know where we are. The back. <laughs>
1: the, back the back. of the. I didn't have much to today because I knew I was beaten. Tonight. The back of the clubhouse is where we are now watching. Uh, NASA guys for this week, they're going to be racing this week and they're going, oh, those are the cars you hear because it is almost 5.30 on uh, Friday the 2nd. S- yeah, Friday the 2nd. And tomorrow is the co- clays and well, cocktails. Well, no, now I'm
2: going to jump back on you here and go back to 16 actually. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> keep me on track. <laughs> yeah. All right. I locked it. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, kettle one.
2: Tito's. Oh, Tito's.
0: No. Tito's is good.
2: He's got it. He needs to interview you next time. So, uh, you, know. you want to be on the podcast?
0: No.
1: I used to. I used to <laughs> well, so you're you, Guess direct. what? You are now. Yeah, you're being
2: recorded right now, so say hello. I already gave you a shout out. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> I used to be on uh, Paul Bryan's radio. Yeah, Drive Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. Know. He's Okay, so he, he might have a little bit up on me on experience,
0: but I'm good. Cool. Well, he's doing. Uh, <laughs> doing uh, Internet stuff now with. Uh, what's it Anyway, they do a, like
2: his turn, her turn, and they do the they test drive. He goes all over the world. Yeah,
1: I would. That would be great. I would like to do that job. Yeah. But what would you know? We want to have you on the podcast to talk about detailing cars.
0: That would be great. I would be more than willing to do that. Sweet. You just have to catch me when I'm
2: not working.
1: Got it. Well, I I also
2: recommend making it fun for yourself because he's never done. He's done like 50 of these, and they've never done one where they ate food or drank. So I made it fun. So we're eating and drinking (laughs) during the interview.
0: All right,
1: (laughs) I'm going home, guys. All right, good night. Have a
2: great weekend. I'll keep us on track. Back to 16. 16. There there you go. um, And it's really cool because I've been instructing out here for seven years, but this is my first full time year. Wow, so, so working full time. Yep. Wow. And I had done instructing at different car tracks. I instru- I was a lead instructor at an indoor car track for three years uh, when I was sixteen to nineteen. Oh wow. Um, and like ran kind of their school and everything like that at this indoor car place in Melrose Park, which no longer exists, but was a lot of fun. Um, but anyways, when I started, you know, I had Tom and Tony teaching me and all these really cool people to look up to. And a cool thing that we're doing now is, is we've kind of put together a ladder system to get 16-year-olds kind of, when they turn 16, they can get onto the big track. And we can um, take them from running on the kart track now to getting them comfortable driving manual and getting them going in those and figuring out stick shift, to actually getting them on track to eventually getting them racing. So it's cool to meet for me, at least, to look back at to think like, you know, like I've looked up to Tony and Tom forever, and now I'm getting to help do now the you, same thing. You are Tony that, and yeah, Tom. So, not exactly, let's <laughs> be realistic. But um, but yeah, it's really cool to think about that it's how, how far like I've gotten to go with and be part of this place. So
1: Yeah, I mean as the listeners have probably talked about my son who's sixteen, who's
0: <clears throat>
1: actually started rally rally in the rally cars and we did that here. That was actually the first stuff that he did, really. And then from rally cars, he went to carts, more carts, to Miatas and uh, Lucas Oil Schools. Been through all of here. The race school here, which was fantastic. So he he, my son, you have to have, you go to the race school, two day race school, which if we, I did a podcast on it, <clears throat> we talked about it in depth. I did listen to that podcast. Yes, because the race school is (laughs) is fantastic. Now, you do the race school, and you have to have three races that year to get your license. So you have a provisional license, Mm -hmm. three races, and you get your real license. I did one race this year, one GT race. Darn it, I'm going to have to retake the school next year. Oh, darn the luck. That's above
2: my pay grade there. Yeah, but I ask. look forward
1: <laughs> to taking. But you'll get
2: more. You'll get more lessons and advice. All right, well,
1: yes, because it was fantastic. Go back and listen to that podcast. Uh, it was earlier this summer, maybe. You
2: can never get enough practice.
1: No. Well, it was why fantastic. aren't you
2: racing? Is the better question. You, you've jumped around for some cars. That's a good That's a good question.
1: So, um, me, like some of the other fathers down at the car track, uh, we. I put all of our energy and effort into other people in our family. My daughter, kart racer. My son, kart racer slash Miata racer. My wife, Cayman racer slash kart racer, who I just overtook in the Kart Chase Race Championship by 10 points the last doubleheader. So right now in the championship with two races to go. She beat me last year. I got third in the championship last year based on the doubleheader the last year. I was the last day, last race. I was at a good second. And um, Anthony Rodina got, caught me at the last, on the last day, who was sick, who wasn't even was supposed to be racing. He was sick, and he got out there and beat me. Anyway, he got second. So right now, going into the championship here, I'm leading her by 10 points. So she was all concerned this past weekend and calculating what she had to do. I go, look, you just win the last two races. You'll beat me by 10 points. If I win one, and oh. I, I plan ahead. Whoa. <laughs> Um, yes. Thanks. Maddie, right? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, wait, I wasn't really done with that. So, I mean, I'll take another. John's having issues here. I, <laughs> I already
2: explained the scenario to Maddie, who's helping serve our drinks tonight that she need to just keep them coming. So I just got re- restocked on mine and John has to actually order Well, you one. have a glass glass <laughs> and I have a <laughs> copper
1: mug. She can't tell that I'm done
2: experience there. That's That's right. That's that's why you get what you get. Experience, right? You have to know what to
1: order. Yeah, you got to know so that they know. And Maddie's great. Oh, she's fantastic. So, what was I talking about? Oh, race school. Yes, I didn't race. Okay, so my son finished his third race this past weekend, so he should get his license, and then we're going to take that license and move to Midwest Council and SCCA, we hope, however that merges on. He's also doing the Lucas Oil Advanced Racing School down at Sebring, we're really looking forward to that next month, and, or actually is, yeah, next month, because it is October so that does something for him. I'm not sure what it does for racing, anyway I wanted to race in the GT race, because when I interviewed uh, Lee Martino she and her uh, father were uh, radical racing John, who's, wonderful person who helped, great story. I got a great story about him, how he took care of my wife. But anyway, uh, they were always concerned when they were racing together where everybody else, where they were on the track. So they decided not to race together because if they didn't see each other, they got worried. And I go, that's, I could see myself doing that. So I didn't want to race Miatas. So I got a GT car this year and it was fantastic. It was wonderful. It was awesome. It was a beautiful car. It was great, 400 horsepower at the wheels, GT3 class, went through all the stuff, got it ready to go, and I did one race. Race was great, Uh, about the second lap, we're three wide through turn six or seven on the south track, three wide. And the only thing I did, please don't scratch my car. And I knew at that point when I said that, I probably wasn't gonna be the right (laughs) racer. (laughs) that's why we, I mean,
2: you can't go wrong with Miata. You can, you're not quite as worried about pushing it a little bit more and depending upon which one you get. I mean, there are plenty of expensive ones out right. there. Right, and I could have got out, a,
1: a Miata probably equally the price that I had a uh, 2013 Boss 302.
2: Not that as an instructor I'm recommending that you attempt to scratch it up or go off track or anything like no, that. No,
1: but <laughs> I I get it. And so I recently just sold that, sorry listeners, yes, my Boss 302 S, beautiful school bus yellow Parnelli Jones colors is gone and uh, I got another Miata so I think I might actually race with him and and Michael Bonet, I asked I asked him I said uh who's a member here son's son's both race I said hey did you ever worry about when you get out there and you're on the same you know the same, you ever worry about your son he goes no he goes I wanted to go wheel to wheel with my son around turn one and I thought I can do that I can because that and I and again I talk about that in the podcast. I was out there with my son first time he was in a car by himself was going through the race school. I'm next to him. We're going side by side doing racing drills, passing drills. It was
2: fantastic. And that's another cool thing. And you tell this to people, especially when people are joining about the same time and stuff, is that you kind of end up teaming up with somebody. So whether it's age group, and that's the really cool thing about Algiers and, and in racing in general, is you don't have that age barrier. Everybody kind of gets along, you're all into the same crazy hobby. But anyways, when you start off, the person next to you, it doesn't matter how old they are, they're learning with you, you know? It's like, they're at the same level. Right. They're just starting off too. So you have the opportunity where you can both progress at the same level, you know? And you can be running at the same level with them, which is man. really cool too.
1: Right, He's way faster than I ever was. I'm not sure how he got faster because I've been tracking a long time on the real, I mean, not Lack carts. of fear. Lack <laughs> of fear, right. As my wife says that all the time, yeah. So Lack I, of fear,
2: not having to pick up the check quite yet.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I was, yeah, I mean, he's got, a, I can't even, 10 to 1 cart seat time, but I still have more car time. But, yeah, he's. South track, he's three seconds faster than me or something. I'm not even really sure if I qualify for the race. Well, I got a new Miata, though. I don't know if he's going to get the new one or the old one, so we'll keep the one You get got. the
2: first race in the new one, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, um, Mitch. <laughs> sorry, Mitch. You can't race the new Miata. Um,
1: uh, so, 16. So, you're coming out here. You're getting – in. did you – what was it? So, you're in the Lotus primarily, right? Um. And then what kind and of... And over
2: that time, too, I was traveling doing go-karting, too. Oh,
1: traveling. So I was
2: doing travel-karting and um, single-speed and DD2 series Rotax. So traveling doing that as well. But, yeah, so it did, came out... We'll, we'll stick to here. we got to stay focused. we got to really focus this thing down right now. <laughs> but, yeah, so I was doing that for a long time. Um, and... There was a, here's how I met Tony Kester, and this is, we're still in the teenage uh, years, so I can bring this story yes, up. Yes, you can do that. So, back in the day, we used to do a teen day. It was exactly like the ladies' day, but it was for teens. And I told him I was gonna tell the story, and he told me, one, he was like, you were very impressed that he only, you only had to uh, beep him out on swear words twice?
1: Yes, that was true, yes. So I'm gonna yeah. use
2: my two swear words by quoting Tony Quester, am I allowed to say the swear word? And then you do that in post. Now you beep that out. Sure, <laughs> I guess. So uh. we did this team day, and so in the morning we go out. And back back then we had a, a BMW that Tony had built as the skid car, so he could actually maneuver all the different corners of the car. Really. So in the and you could, he could lift an individual corner up off the ground and things like that. From inside the car. From inside the car. No way. So it was really cool, but so. The group was pretty small. There was maybe six of us or something that actually showed up to do it. Because even even to this day, it's good to see that younger people are doing it. But especially in the beginning days, there were not many young people. And um, so we went out. We did the drills. We kind of did all this stuff. And then in the morning, this one and I have no clue who it was. I've never seen him since that day. But he <laughs> asked. He said, "Hey." you know if nothing's going on over here can we go out and drive the skid car in the afternoon and this is my first time meeting Tony this is like a because he came actually a little bit after the club opened and he's like yeah yeah that's fine and so in the afternoon I'm kind of hanging out by the car track and I start seeing the skid car go around and I'm like oh cool we can go back out and do it so I go over there and this kid's in it and I get in I'm like oh we can do it he's like yeah it's fine so I, I'm riding with this kid for like 40 minutes in the skid car. We're just having a blast, 45 minutes or so. He gets out. I get in. It must have been within two, three minutes. Tony Kester comes flying up and see him come and, he, and as soon as he pulls up, I mean, he came straight onto the skip pad and we stopped because we're thinking he's gonna come talk to us and give us some pointers or something. Help me
1: out, teach him. So like, him, we're, right? yeah,
2: we're, so I come to a stop and I got the biggest smile on my face yeah, I can have. Yeah, it was have. fun, yeah. What the f- are you doing in my car? Get the f- out of there. Uh, and he is just livid. And it was, and eventually, I, like, so I get out and like, I'm like, oh, like, I'm kind of freaked <laughs> out, like, but. So eventually I did explain to him, like, and the other kid luckily was nice enough, too, to be like, you know, hey, I misunderstood. I thought if nothing was going, the car had just been sitting there. So he we, uh, mis- the, he had misunderstood, oh, the car's sitting there. If nothing's going on, you can go. I see him. I'm like, yep, I'm yeah, going to go. Oh, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> right. And then, of course, like, I literally get two minutes at it and then get busted for it. <laughs> He um, got
1: 40, and you got two. Yeah, I, I, was like, I was like, this
2: doesn't seem very fair. But he, luckily, he was a few years older than me and went and explained as well, like, hey, this is what happened. And somehow, a few years later, Tony gave me a job. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. <laughs> but I think I've been yelled at by just about everybody over the course of, course of the years over here. You know? uh, uh, awesome. I yeah. also remember one time being in a lifted off-road go, uh, golf cart and I took a whole bunch of the employees from the kart track off-roading and uh, back before the skid pad existed. And I came back on to the track and we came down the pit lane of the go-kart track and I left these two just huge mud things down the whole entire kart track. (laughs) And then Gritter came up and was very upset with me that I took the employees, quote, mudding and that was the first time that I ever heard the word mudding. (laughs) (laughs) Mudding. You can't take the employees mudding. I'm sorry, everybody, for telling these stories. No,
1: no, no this is great. Because I, I, you, at grow, I mean, you were one of the first kids probably growing up here, right? I mean, hang, I mean, really,
2: back then, it was very, very weird because I don't really remember many people my age coming out. Like, it was much more of kind of the adult thing to kind of come and do, and there weren't a lot of kids even karting back then. There weren't many kid karts down there. It was much more of a kind of 20s and up kind of scene, and it was very cool to grow up around that, and even to this day, it really does grow you up, make you grow up fast because, like I said, there is that not that age gap. Everybody's doing kind of trying to race and be quick and things like that and into cars, so it's like it's cool to see the younger kids where it's like I look at them like seeing all these 16 year olds now and coming into it and now I'm 10 years older than they are and it's like cool that you can kind of joke with them and talk to them as adults because they're out there racing you treat them as an adult you know
1: right and it's a huge I mean I bring both so my daughter's 13 my son's 16 and we come out here and we'll you know pull our Camper around and and we'll camp out here or or and sometimes I don't even see them. I mean, when the sun goes down, there's so many kids. I don't say so many, but there are times when there's a lot of kids out here and they just start hanging out and they'll play hide and go seek and they'll they'll be running around and they're just having so much fun. The social aspect for them is fantastic and sometimes I don't even you know. I'm not quite sure. I know we're in a gated community, basically, and I'm not sure where my son is actually sleeping for the night because he's got so many buddies. He's got three different places, three different garages that he may or may not end up.
2: And that's why, for me, it's (laughs) awesome to see that that's what it's become. For me, it was like, it was just all the older guys were just... I look back at it like it's funny. Maybe that's why people call me 40, and uh, it didn't age well. Because you've been well. around forever. Uh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I was stuck sitting, like, I, yeah, I was maybe having a Coke or something at the bar, but I would sit at the bar with them 10 years ago. And, but, but yeah, so it's, it, it has changed, but it's really cool to see what it's become, for sure.
1: So when's the... So you're out here tracking, doing go-karting stuff, and... I've seen you in a few different cars. I've what?
2: driven a lot of different things. I've done since then I have done anything from Spec Miata to different GT cars to form, formula Mazdas. Um, I've driven Radicals. I've kind of I've been in pretty much pretty much all the different cars that there are out here and that are raced. Except for uh, nobody wants to give me their 488 uh, GT3 race cars or anything like that. (laughs) I still don't understand why. They're probably just worried I'll go quicker, you know.
1: That's (laughs) it. I think my first time I met you was you showed up at the first rally car race. Yeah. Rally car race. And uh, that's my first memory of, of meeting you. And then just been around since then. That was years ago.
2: So that one, I remember I showed up just thinking, like, oh, this is this will be cool. Like, and see what's going on with this. And uh, Brian Toller was there. And he had this white Chevy Cavalier that he had built for, like, $700. Yeah. And I was, like, just showing up to be, like, oh, like, maybe I'll try and, and build one, you know? Like, let's see. For $700. Like he's like, if you want, I'll split it with you. He's like, and he had already done everything. He's shoving tennis balls into the suspension of it to get it slightly raised and things like that and snow tires. So I remember driving that and that that was a lot of fun. And I'm gonna, we're working on it. This is top secret. Don't tell anybody. But so we're trying, October 31st, we're trying to do um, kind of the final because we don't want to do the off road (laughs) things all the time. We can't do them all the time because the drive places we're not supposed to, and in the runoffs and things, and tears up the grass. But we can do them a couple times a year. So I'm trying to get pushed for doing off-road and sporting clays on the 31st of October, Halloween. But also maybe getting some of the the rally course track. I know we might see if we can do that. That might be a good idea.
1: Well, I am... So, and you can't go trick
2: or treating with everything going on right now. So you know what's better than trick or treating? We might as well go rally. R- cross, might as well right go rally, rally cross it. And they made it really nice now. I don't know if you've seen it. Uh, uh, they worked on the track. Porsche did an event where uh, they came out and had it totally done by our landscaping crew. Where they made it. Nicer than it's ever looked out there. It looks amazing. Really, and they brought a whole bunch of wood chips. Where when it gets wet, they were putting down wood chips. So they actually did some good, good little work out there. So it might be a good time to try and see if. Well, you might have to talk to. uh, I might talk to Kyle about that first thing in the morning and see if. Well, I built
1: the first rally car track myself
2: personally. Now that being said, I was the first one to ever do a lap of it in a in a car. I would like you to know that as well. I did it in my 1999 Street Mazda Miata, which had lowered suspension on it, I was, and you had the little things, it was totally before it was plowed, you had put up little things of where you were going to go out with the tractor. Brian Lift and I went out there, he used to be an instructor out here, and we ran it. There were still some ruts out there that probably did my suspension in it did not like that that car no longer runs due to suspension issues so you maybe are to blame for that you didn't get it done soon enough I think I
1: came in after <laughs> I think it was actually you guys ran it and then I built it after you guys yes, ran exactly. it yes exactly that's what i'm saying is that
2: well, I was going to come out
1: before it was built but there was little flags out <laughs> well that's i didn't know that 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 my my track was better cuz i had, was going to come out at the end of last year and i said okay i'm going to do it but then You know, once the winter comes and it starts raining, it won't dry out. So I didn't get out here to to fix it. And then it it freezes. And then it freezes and you can't do anything. So interesting, yeah. Um, I was actually just thinking about that the other day. I got a week off coming up, and I was going to do some work on it. But if Porsche already did it, I mean, that's fantastic.
2: Well, you're not going to be there tomorrow, so you don't even get to see a little preview
1: of it. I don't. I don't. Uh, The So some of the... Tell us about all what you do here. I mean, I mean, I see you everywhere doing everything. You are the face of the Audubon right now.
2: So, technical <laughs> title, member relations and instructor, of course. So, bring all your problems to me. <laughs> um, you know, that's, that's really what I'm here for. I'll, I'll do my best. Uh, we'll see where that... Where I, I'll take it straight to the top is what I do with it, but... Uh, <laughs> I have those kind of connections around here. Uh uh Uh-huh, Um. But, so yeah, the main thing is is really working on our programs um, and just kind of being around really guest orientations. New member orientations is a big part of what I'm doing this year. So one kind of, it's really nice to have that kind of gap between um, bringing the person on board through the sales process. I'm part of saying, okay, we're gonna bring somebody out, we're going to go ahead show them the track, give them, we mm-hmm. give them tour, those kind of things. But then they kind of have that same face kind of when they come in to do their first day as a member, giving them that orientation, telling them the rules of the club, things like that, through being like, okay, here's the further instruction that you need. So I really kind of gap that connection of like, okay, one person's kind of saying, okay, let's, let's bring you into the club. Okay, then this is who you need to meet. And then I'm kind of there to kind of fill those gaps, I guess, or... I don't know if that was the intention, but that's that's how I'm trying to do it. So.
1: Yeah, I like that because when I <clears throat> when I had gone for my first high-performance driving day with the Porsche Club of America, it was very clear instruction on what I had to do before I got on the track. I came out here for a, <clears throat> an orientation, got an orientation before I went on the track. But then once I joined just as kind a of member, turn loose. it was like, just turn loose. Yeah. I go, well, where's my class? You don't need to take a class. You're a member now. Yeah. but I want to take a class.
2: And so that's what we're really trying to do with follow-up is kind of, one, we make sure that they know the rules, then provide that extra support, which Tony and I both do. We both do Mm -hmm. a wide range of these things. And so you can come to either of us, and we'll kind of do a mix of getting you right, right out on track, doing a lead follow with you, your first ever time, never driven on track to gaining you a few extra tenths or hundredths of a second by looking at data and things like that depending upon what your skill level is. But then also teaming you up with people. This is something we're going to start working with the members committee on. It's kind of working with you to kind of team you up with somebody with a similar car or similar interest. Or, oh, okay, you're just joining as a member that just wants to do track time stuff. Okay, we'll team you up with another guy that has a similar car, just wants to do that kind of stuff too. Or it's like, oh, this guy races this car. He's going into GT. Let's you know, introduce them to these people. And just trying to introduce people to each other and things like that is, is kind of a big part of it as well.
1: I, I think that's huge. You know, when, when, when and, we And that goes back to
2: the social side of things that I keep saying. It's like right. introducing you and making it feel like a club. Hey, you know, have some fun out here. It's not just racing. You can learn a lot from all the people around you. And I always tell people, go up, and if you see some people sitting on the patio, go up and talk to them. You know, it's like, you're not gonna very rarely, and I would say almost never here, I haven't seen it. Are you gonna sit down with somebody that's just sitting there and bring up cars and you're not gonna have a conversation to have with them, you know?
1: Absolutely, We, <clears throat> for us I think the difference was we joined and I wanted it to be a family event and it really wasn't until Rallycross started that first year And the social aspect afterwards, we'd come back to the clubhouse here, we'd order pizza, we'd have some beers, and that's when my wife fell in love with the place and fell in love with our friends who are still some of our closest friends. You mentioned Brian Helmenthaler, amazing driver, guy's amazing, and to have him as a mentor for me uh, and his whole family is and they are amazing. They're his, awesome. His they're wife, so much it, fun. When they
2: come out for all the big parties. And, and his wife's there. a great
1: driver too. So my wife and, and his wife all got along. And, but it is intimidating. So, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're a new person or you're going to be a new person here, it, it's somewhat uh, intimidating might not be the, the right word. But when we come in, you can hear my voice. You can see me. You can see, obviously, they're going to know you since you're going to give them an orientation. But mm-hmm. my wife and I go out of our way to introduce ourselves, get the get their phone, get the new person's phone number, and say, "Hey, Texas, call us. When you're going to be here, we'll be hanging out. Whatever we can do to make this club go feel up, at go home. up and
2: n- you're not going to have people shoot you off. Everybody's no, here for a track. No going to. You make it, a good you know? point.
1: He goes, if you come in and you don't know where to sit and you don't know where to, who to talk to, just sit down. and say, hey, 'Hey, I'm so and so. I'm new. Can I sit down here?' Yeah. And that, that's a really good point because there's not a single person here that's not going to welcome you with open arms. Yeah. We might be distracted. And, I, you know, my wife and I bring us up a lot. When we come in here, we haven't seen our really good friends in a while. We're talking to them. We're hugging them from six feet, whatever. You know, and, you know, we're sitting down with them to, to talk. It doesn't mean we don't want to meet new people. My wife, the, when we did the track cross a few weeks ago, my wife and Two or three new members, and invited them to sit we've down. We've been with... getting
2: a lot of new new members, a lot of new social members too. And, and it's, it's cool to see a lot of people using the club. And we've been doing his, his cigars and bourbon night. I guess that's Kyle's wheelhouse. But that was last that week. Was the bourbon. That, was, has this was been the in, bur- in the uh, in the podcast yet? Or yeah, so we had the we
1: had the first test run of that. It wasn't
2: the first.
1: Well, there okay. used to be mm-hmm. ATF. Reason, recent test run. And a lot of stuff went on and it, it didn't really. But turn that out. was an interesting one. But that was last one. week. That was yeah, two so weeks ago. So that was an
2: interesting one because we got a lot of people that were some of the kind of older crew of the club kind of came out. That was like the old kind of fun crew came out and hung out for a while. Was there
1: actually cigar smoking? Oh,
2: there's, that happens randomly on <laughs> random nights. But yes, there was quite a bit of cigar smoking on that night.
1: Oh, very good, very good. And yeah.
2: quite a bit of bourbon on that night, too.
1: My mother-in-law was in town, and I'm going to miss the cars and clays. I've got to, able to go to work after the cart race tomorrow.
2: This it's is... all right. You're not our target market.
1: I'm not, because <laughs> no, I'm already here. That's right. Uh, I, I love uh, shooting. and my, my son came out and he, shot.
2: He came out the last one yeah, yeah,
1: he did came out. Um, I came out one of the ones last year or a couple of years ago. It was over Thanksgiving. It was a turkey thing. It, I think it was... the. I think it was the day after Thanksgiving. We did an off-road event, and I brought my brother-in-law. Shooting. And shooting, and it was great. Yeah, it was great. So ha- talk about shooting. Have you always been involved in shooting? And
2: so yeah, I've always. So my big things are I love obviously racing and cars and things like that. I, I mentioned I like food, as we've seen tonight by yes, our food. Yes, we're uh, it's almost. Also, summer. you got to do multiple types of food. Um, shooting is definitely one of my big, big hobbies as well. Um, So I got, I have a good collection growing now, and every now and then I'll meet, especially out here, I meet some people, and they're like, oh, like, I have this many, you know, we all debate and compete against who has cooler ones and things like that, which is also a lot of fun, same kind of hobby. But it's, uh, yeah, I've always kind of been into it. Um, For two years, I had a lake house um, that I had a shooting range right out my back door, um, which really got me hooked a lot on it, so oh um, yeah, getting so get another, oh, get, get another <laughs> drink yeah
1: i you're beating me now, i mean yeah I mean,
2: you've I'm, been behind since the start of this interview, <laughs> but um we're discussing drinks now but uh <laughs> but yeah, so i've always really been into that um and I just have a lot of fun doing it, so growing up i had a, we had a yellow lab that was uh like an absolute amazing championship hunting dog um and so got into hunting and things like that. Fan- the cookies are. It's a normal though. night. This is the typical bar yeah, menu. I, heard- I have that. the menus memorized, by the <laughs> way. They just run in the back of my head.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, are will you take off? So as your as the full time instructor here. We take off sometime in the winter, or do you have any plans for the winter? Because we're coming up on so the last te- month here.
2: Technically, I am. I'm still working all winter, uh, or come up with new programs and um, kind of develop new things and keep moving forward. Try to reach out to to members. I, one of my big things is we used to actually do a lot of like try to come up with events during the winter. So we used to go and do dinners in the city. We've done a couple of distillery tours and things oh, like wow. that. So. I'd like to start bringing those things back, kind of trying to get more of those social things. How that's going to go this year, I have no idea. But reaching out to people um, and kind of trying to keep that, those different things kind of going and making things interesting for next year, I'll be working on that.
1: So. We, we, one of the f- funnest, is that a word, funnest? I don't know if that's that a go word. Go for it. One of the more funner, more funner, most funner things that we did, we came out for. Thank you. Is there any uh, cookie dough back four there? Four cookies for dessert. Thank you. That is very. It is sweet. a choice of each. And, and one of each. One of each. For, we have the. <laughs> I'll let you take peanut the butter, <laughs> macadamia, sugar, and chocolate chip. What's your favorite, Maddie? Oh my goodness, my
2: favorite is the chocolate chip, but
1: only when they're gooey. Yeah, we want I mean, the cookie I mean, dough. I mean,
2: we've discussed. We have, this. We, have, we have discussed the fact that we want cookie <laughs> like dough, basically. Cookie, like cookie yeah. Dough. yeah. Oh, I like them. I like them cold. Like, just take that and put that in the yeah, refrigerator. Yeah, to demand them, you, I feel like we just, everybody just wants a little thing of cookie dough. Yeah. And
1: we'll be good. <laughs> you want me to go freeze them for you? That I could put them in the freezer. That is so, no, that's, no, that's very kind of you, but no. Yes, thank you. We take These all, all actually food. look perfectly
2: underdone. We got some know, good service like, picked tonight. You the good, you picked the good ones? All right, <laughs> right, thank you. <laughs> the important people get the good cookies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um... We Oh, more funner. We came out here for a rally cross, and we couldn't rally cross because it was a slimy mess. And we opened up the, the paddock here for an autocross. I remember that one. Oh, my gosh. There were so many people here because you didn't have to have a rally cross car to come for that autocross. And, you know, my son in the rally car had, I can't, I, 50 runs that day. My wife and her Cayman had a gazillion runs. Nothing beat Brian helmontoller putting that car that he had, that Cavalier, on two wheels the entire time. And it was just hilarious to watch him run.
2: Well, everybody goes star crazy in the winter. It, it is one of those weird things. Like Like I said, I've met some of my best friends out here from growing up out here. And for a while, we kind of had this younger group of, like, we had a group chat that was, like, some of the younger guys out here for years, and, and we would at least go and hang out. We'd do dinners in the winter and stuff like that, and now it's like, why don't we do that with every? Everybody wants to hang yes. out with the same people, yeah. and, it, and if it's not here, you go out to dinner and things, but just really connecting those people together, making people have their own kind of people where they're hanging out, making their groups, and getting them to learn, like, oh, like, make some friends out here. You're going to go and have a lot of fun wherever right. you go, and... But if we can do that as part of the club, too, and say, hey, you know, here's our fun thing to go and do, that I think would be really cool.
1: And, and It's like we do the
2: cool, like, okay, let's do, we're getting tequila this weekend. We did bourbon last weekend. But if we can go and be like, hey, we're going to put a club together and go check these things out, that will be really cool as well.
1: I agree. And I think some, some part of the members need to take some a bit of ownership on their own to say, hey, I'm going to go to these bourbon nights. I'm going to go to the tequila night. I'm going to go to Clay's and cocktails. I'm going to go to these things to meet people and just find you, find me, find the producer, Mark McFarland, and, and introduce yourself and say, hey, I'm here. What can I do? How can I have fun? How can I meet more people? Because that will change how you interact and how much you utilize the club. The club's not inexpensive so use it to the most that you can i think to huh? the, the greatest extent possible speaking of which <clears throat> the group which i had a blast sim racing so you were an avid member of the autobahn country club i have sim racing
2: a, everybody likes the sim that i get to use and, and so mm. i I had put more use on that sim, the first sim race, than I had ever put on it in, like, nine months of being able to use it. Like, I just didn't use it. I was doing it as practice by myself, and it wasn't very fun. And, well, it was fun, and all my friends think it's awesome. It is awesome. I've been there. You gave me a tour. You let me run it. It's quite the sim. I'll share it with anybody that comes up and actually asks me. If you introduce yourself to me and you're listening to the podcast... We might let you come and try it, or we'll let you try the Audubon one as well, because we do have an Audubon sim that we use for training. Very cool. But anyways, back to that. So I didn't really use it that much. And to me, there I was like, oh, I learned the track and things like that. And then I got into it, and I was like, oh, like, it is very much, you've got to focus a lot more than you think. You get on it, you think it's just a game. And you're like, okay, I can just do whatever. It's like Xbox. But then the people that were coming, and we had a group of guys, and there was, fantastic. you were part of the group yeah, chat, it right? It was fantastic. I mean, it was a little ridiculous because there's, it think we had a, a literal, like, iPhone text message group chat that had. I think at the beginning it probably had sixty, and people very quickly left because it was forty. Because you could not look at your phone for an hour and then have like two hundred and fifty <laughs> missed text messages. Right. <laughs> so it was a little hard to have on your phone, but it was a really good group of people, and it introduced a lot of people from different types of racing. So it was a lot of fun. But but yeah, it was that was it was a very fun thing, and it was cool to see how me even like I, I thought I was like pretty good at things, and like. You got people like young people who just screw you, Sean, Varwig, <laughs> that are
1: young and they just kick kick butt on it because no, all they do, do is nothing, sit around uh, and play uh, five nothing, different video games no, at a time all do. the time. <laughs> so yes, if you're interested in sim racing, as I've mentioned the last couple podcasts, reach out to me, podcast at Auduboncc.com. See me here at the club, see Ben, figure out how to get involved, get on the group chat. I don't like group chat. I don't like group chats in my family. Well, you
2: guys stayed off of. We had the Discord and the group chat. You were never on. Were you on the Discord? Absolutely.
1: Okay. So, 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 so to explain again, you can go back and listen to some other podcasts that kind of detail this. The only group chat that I've never dropped out of, ever, is the Audubon Country Club unofficial sim, sim racing chat. Whatever we're going to call it, we're going to call that group. There's a lot of.
2: Beep talking, and that's, yeah, I beat myself out on that. So, so You only have Tony Custer's now to beep
1: out. So <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was, I, I got to be honest, I'm really looking forward to the end of the season when the sim racing starts again. I mean, I would go down for dinner, and my and my lovely wife would say, you ever, don't you have a race tonight? Oh, yeah, I got a race tonight. And she would hand me a beer. This is drinking and driving. I'm she would, have a half sh- There you go. She would hand me a beer, and I'd go up to our sim, and... I would have a blast, and I would come down, and she'd go, "Well, how did it go? How did you, you know, tell me tell me all about it?" You'd have a beer then go into it. I was drinking during it. What i be mean, before right, I had the same
2: page. There was <laughs> definitely a group of
1: people, by the way, <laughs> to anybody
2: listening that had some fun while doing
1: it. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it was. I'm really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. And we're building a new. Uh, we're going to go to Florida in the winters from now on to do, uh, karting and racing in the winter. I don't know why because. I, this I, has to I go need a with, break, with the do as we say, not as we do right. kind of things. Apparently, but I
2: still think that there should be a non-official. This is not affiliated with anything. Um, this is John's podcast now, not the whatever club that was podcast. But you have to have the the sober uh, top scores, and then you have to have the drinking top scores <laughs> on a, on a track uh, for for sim racing. I still, and I'll tell you, I'll also teach you not to do it. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right. But I, me- I think I mentioned this last time. The last show was, remember the guy, the random guy that just showed up started running into people? It was at, at Road well, America. Well, we had a couple
2: of open ones.
1: Yeah, it was like op- uh, at Road America, no one put a password on the group to get into this race. And again, I can explain all this too if you want to reach out to me, but. So there's no password to get in, and some random guy is on there, and he's, like, running into people. And it was awesome because you had – Everybody had a good time. You it? had no – it was the funnest race because you had no idea that wild card of what exactly was going to happen. Well, and it's one of those things, too. It's
2: exactly <laughs> like what the club is because what happened was is there was a group of us through the group chat that were practicing – every night of the week and we would run two three hours i mean it was during right, the pandemic right. so we would run two right. three hours a night and we would just run a whole bunch and we were the people that ended up getting good and actually and if you looked at the leaderboards it was always us up kind of up towards yep, the front yep. not me and then every like everybody else would just show up just for the race they'd crash and then either quit or just like be at the back you, had to like you do have to practice, we have to practice. And then the other funny thing is, is that, and this really ties into the club, and what's fun about running out here, is that you get to know who you're running around. You're like, what's this person gonna do? And it's the same thing on the real track, is that it's a really safe place to race at Audubon because it's like, you know kinda, you're running around the same guys. If you've been doing Spec Miata for a while, it's like, your qualifying time and stuff. You know who you're going to be starting around. There's a group of five or five guys in front of you and five guys probably behind you that you've run with a few times over the course, and, and door to door with, you know, and things like that. And so you can really see, like, okay, who am I running with? And the same thing kind of did become that. I was like. Is this guy gonna put me off here, or is he actually gonna break? Because <laughs> <laughs> there, especially, it really showed some good driving for him. Because it's like, yeah, you can write the car off, but are you gonna give me the turn, or are you not gonna give me the turn?
1: <laughs> it was so much fun. It was, it, it was fun. I can't wait to build our new, our new, what I'm calling our Florida sim. Um, I'm looking forward to that, and looking forward to having just a great, a great winter with all my pals that you know that we can be wherever we are and get on this. Chat and talk and get help and have fun and laugh and it was it was a blast. It was a blast. Well, so what else do we need to cover? What else? Are- I think so. We yeah, this is we've covered we've covered the beginning to up to up to speed right now. I think there's no more cars going on the track. They're cleaning it off right now. It looks like we've eaten. I'm full. We've eaten almost all the cheese curds, half the cookies. And almost all the pretzel. I was going to get, like, a full meal after this. What, what was I thinking? I have no idea what I was thinking. I don't know. And uh, you still have half a drink left.
2: I also have an empty one here.
1: I have... You have a full a
2: drink. A she quarter you drink. Another, well, quarter
1: drink. Quarter drink. Look, I check it out. Like, uh, you hit, no, that
2: was your other one. Mm-mm. Oh. I'm, still, too, I'm, still, I'm still ahead of you on drink numbers, though. I that's true. That's two now.
1: Moscow mules and... Uh, she took one of
2: mine, then she, so...
1: Yes, you're winning. Yeah, yeah, yes, no, I get go. it. I get it. I got to catch, catch, catch up. Um. Let's keep you focused here. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes That's difficult. <laughs> I'm more focused now. Maybe I should drink every podcast. I'm a more focused now. Yeah. Especially when I'm talking to Kyle. Kyle's the one who distracts me all the time. I wonder if it would throw him off actually having a drink. Hmm. No, right, maybe he he's would very focus. Hyper, so like, right, yeah, and he's, he's all over the, the place. Might, he might, he, he might, might stay focused on on message. Yeah. Maybe we should start. Every podcast producer, producer Mark is, um,
2: or you just give everybody one of like Peggy's like huge pasta plates or something, and then they're just like slowing down, tired, and. I almost had the pasta. I was going to eat. eat the pasta tonight, but I no I, I was tempted late. with the
1: pasta. It's too late. Um, producer Mark's son Spencer is the lead in. A Midsummer Night, the Shakespeare play, in the park for his high school. Otherwise, he wanted to be here for this part of this interview because if there's drinking and car talk, he's usually right there. But uh, uh, young Spencer, kart racer, uh, doing he quite You let long. on
2: like you were saying, that Spencer wanted to be here for the drinking, and I was very confused no, for a minute there. No. I was Spencer's like, why did he father, want to?
1: Spencer's <laughs> father, father, father wanted to be here. Yes, yes. Sometimes I think he's drinking when we talk. But anyway, um, I hear ice. I think one time he was. I could hear ice in the glass. So. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's like sleigh bells. Uh, It's almost like sleigh bells. Christmas is coming. That's right. Winter Um, is coming. That's right. Winter is coming. Nice. Well played. Uh, Ben, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Maybe we'll do another one someday. We better do another one because I we got a couple inside stories there. But I think you you literally have the dirt on everybody around here, don't you? I know some things around here. <laughs> I was a pretty present. Feel I like in on that though. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we'll see you next time on the Autobahn Podcast. <laughs> You've been listening to Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybill, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Join us next time for Autobahn Country Club Podcast.